Good evening, Bill. Good evening, Stanley. Uh, hello, listeners, to another episode of the BS Car Guys podcast. We are glad to have you with us tonight. We have a special guest uh, in the studio, air quotes, since we're not really in a studio. Um, a friend of mine from way back in the day, going all the way back to 1986, Mr. Tyler Brewley, uh, goes by the name Ty Brew professionally. Um, I don't even know that I'll get 30% of his accolades correct, but Tyler is uh, a media guy. He's a, a hip-hop artist. He's a filmmaker, a photographer, uh, a clothing designer. Uh, you name it, dude's done it. And uh, and we're just really delighted to have Tyler on the show with us tonight, so welcome. Thank you guys so much, man. It's, it's definitely good to link back up with some, some old friends uh, from the past. I guess I, I need to say friends from the past because once you put old after a certain time, then people say, oh, okay, he calls you old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but it's okay if everybody's the same age, right? Right. And it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You forgot part of that. The dude, well, according to this, says he has five degrees. Yeah. Five? Yeah. Five, five degrees. From App State. Um, yep. The story behind that is I went to went there in 2000. Um, I graduated in 99, went there in 2000. I had a scholarship for Pfeiffer for basketball, tore my ACLs, the, the scholarship was done. So my career there was done. And in the middle of everything, um, it, I think it was like my third year, second, about two and a half years into App State, um, I started learning Chinese, the Mandarin language, well, it was just Chinese back then, you know, now they've coined Mandarin. Yeah. And uh, long story short, uh, I've signed up to study abroad and it was right when SARS was going on. So, and it was right when I was supposed to graduate. So mm -hmm. I was like, this is such an incredible opportunity to have, to go to China for, and put it on a student loan instead of it being, tra you know, spending Absolutely. all that money traveling. So I was like, man, I'm going to pick up another degree and then it ended up being two degrees and one extra year just so that I could go to China that following summer since they canceled the trip that summer. So that's kind of in a nutshell why I was able to attain that and what got me going. Cause I couldn't do that again. I don't know how I did it then. But I did it. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, and, that sounds like a lot of reading. That's it exactly was. right. Refresh my memory, but were you not like the first person to ever double major in mandarin and business or something like that at app state it was um the first person at app state to have five degrees and then the first person to have it um with chinese as the minor for international business that's what it was um, okay so international business was a very small program at that time i think there was like six of us most of them went to spain mexico um, or somewhere in Europe, or Spain's in Europe, but you know, somewhere in Europe or Mexico. And I was the only one that went to, uh, to Asia and it was a whole process that we had to do. So I had to get in and get in front of people. I was the president of the world trade association for the app state chapter at the time. So that helped. And it was, and now it's a program. So that was really wow. cool. That wow. We were did able to did none of those other world business students realize where everything they owned was made at? They did, but they <laughs> exactly. I, I, I did. It, it, yeah. Essentially, I had no interest in business until I was two years into the Chinese language courses. 
And um, I started taking business classes as those electives. So here we go, here we go. That, ha- that helped out a lot. And when I was sitting there, um, so many of the people that were international business or business minded, they didn't want to take that um, risk of going to what was a very poor country, even though they would go to Mexico, it'd be fine. But right. it was too far away for them and it was too big of a risk. And, you know, as we're growing up here, um, you know, communism is such a, you know, such a loosely used word. Some, sure. so many people are afraid, um, you know, we're afraid of going there. That's, you know, early 2000s. Then you have the World Trade uh, Buildings crashing, um, terrorist attacks. So like it was starting to be where people just wanted to go where they knew that they would feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. that makes sense. And there's something subconscious about if I'm just going to Mexico, if things go real sideways, I could just walk home. Right, right. right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you could. Not that anybody would, but right. Yeah. And I, I have that I have that mentality now, but I never did then. Like now I'm like I really don't choose to travel, especially since COVID, really. I don't yeah. have the interest to travel a whole lot. I understand that, man. We are. Uh, I spent a little bit. I spent a pretty good bit of my career in uh in Japan, and I was listening to you and Neil uh on the podcast earlier. You saying you got over there, you started teaching English, you were doing all this stuff. Then, how did all of that morph into you being an entertainer and artist? <laughs> Yes. Let me say something about that before you, before Tyler gives us the real the full answer. <laughs> Tyler has always been an entertainer. Um, oh, I heard my earliest this. memories. <laughs> my earliest memories of me and Tyler and Neil were the three of us always cutting up in school and causing problems and talking when we weren't supposed to be talking. And me and Neil fighting when you weren't supposed to be fighting. I don't know when normal appropriate fight time was, but. We, I mean, there was always something going on with the three of us were a lot of trouble in school. So um, yeah, I don't know why the three of us really hit it off, but we did. And one of my earliest memories of Tyler, and Tyler, you may not even remember this, but I remember coming over to your house and hanging out and we got in the car with your dad and maybe your mom too. I just remember us being in the back seat and it's like you're on you're in your own world because there was no booster seats or car seats or nothing like that when you were Slide across this. That's right. You know, six years old, you're old enough. You're fin for yourself. But, um, <laughs> but Tyler had this like little boom box thing with the detachable speakers that you could like mix and match and build this thing to like, and I remember just being fascinated with this little speaker contraption and thinking, I don't know what that is, but I got to get something like that because you can just keep adding to it and do it. Do you remember that thing? Vaguely, now that you say that, it's like a complete flashback. And I kind of remember it was like, um, you could hook it up to like the cassette Walkman or something, I think. Um, And uh, man, I can't can't really remember what brand or what it was. I remember (laughs) it being bright colored too. It was like, you know, an 80s color. 1980s colors. Yeah, either green or pink or, you know, blue or something light, uh, loud and like Trapper Keeper-esque. I remember (laughs) now that you say that, man. (laughs) So so it's fascinating to me (laughs) that that Tyler is is so well known for his music because my earliest memories with Tyler, I associate him with music. And so it just makes so much sense. And And I'm always fascinated by that because I'm a person that took 
a lot of time of, of maturing and getting older before I really found something I was good at it and passionate about and really wanted to care about. But when, when I see friends of mine that like clearly had a leaning towards a gift or something in their life from an early age and to see them succeed as an adult, still doing that thing they love, dude, it makes me proud. It's awesome. Awesome. That, 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 and it makes me feel good that, you know, that people see that because there's oftentimes, man, more times than not, people are like, where did this come from? Why right. is he doing this? Well, they really didn't know me. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to, you know, hang out after school. You know, they didn't have the opportunity to build a friendship and really see what was going on. So just that, you know, th these stories are good, good to, to hear and remind myself because, you know, it did start at a very early age um, of thinking I wanted to be, and, and it, I didn't know the term at the time, but MC, you know, that's what I really wanted right. to be. Um, and uh, those cassette tapes, I remember them being like either, I think the, David Bowie or or uh, Biz Marquis. Right. I see it, buddy, I see it. Um, so like I've I think that was about the same time, and then I don't know if y'all remember Schooly D, but he was really yes, like a, yeah, he was like a really uh I can't like Uncle Luke type, really vulgar yep. and yep. nasty. And uh and a lot of times, you know, I, it was very frequent that we would carpool, uh yeah. you know, especially on the weekends or something like that. Cause me and Neil lived uh, around the same area and Eric Snodgrass lived in the same yep, area. That's right. And, and Bill would, um, you know, we would ride together some weekends and hang out. We would be at one of, one of the houses for, you know, a, a better part of a couple of years, you know, we'd be around each other a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that, that really, uh, is refreshing my memory, man. I'm going back to memory. <laughs> lane Cause I always awesome. had something that played music. You're right. And I really haven't thought about that in a long time. I had something that played music since I was six years old, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So it's, I mean, to me, it's like, I, I never, I've never not associated you separate from music. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, and then, and then Tyler and I really didn't see each other for a number of years. Um, and I just happened to be, at this restaurant that didn't survive, but now it's like the best donut shop on the planet. Um, and my wife and I were having dinner and in walked Tyler. And I was like, Holy crap, there's, there's Tyler. I haven't seen him in, I don't even know, like five, six, seven years or something at that point. And, um, and so we reconnected and this is really fascinating to me that you, you were traveling, um, doing music, touring, living abroad, doing all this stuff, but you came back to Ashboro to, to help your dad with his automotive business. I, I want to hear more about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, uh, that was the first time that I went to China and moved back. So I've, I've bounced around back and forth for the majority of, from like 2004 until 2015 is when we moved back home. So pretty much 10 years I was going back and forth. And I remember that time, um, there was just some things that needed to be to, to happen at my father's shop. Um, and uh, um, I'm trying to place my finger on what I was doing at that time. But ever since I was a teenager and before I was always at the shop, you know, right. I wasn't when I was a kid when we were in elementary school, but I was all, you know, I would be there once in a while. 
But about the time that I could do some kind of work is when I started being there. And when it was up, uh, you know, on the hill before uh, where 49 and 64 crosses, you know, yeah. it was up there at first. Um, and I never had an interest in the cars. Um, I was always around them. I never had interest in them. Um, and the beautiful part of that was my father really didn't push the envelope with it. You know, he wasn't like, you have to do this and you have right. to. Um, so when there was a, there was a, a point in that career of the shop where, um, you know, that's 2005, uh, 2006 is when the decline, you know, everything's hitting the fan. Right. You know, I couldn't really get a job out of, out of graduation. Uh, from app in 2005 because everything was really just going downhill so that's the main reason i moved to china because i got a, a job right out of uh right out of hold on buddy thank you i got a job um from leaving app to go to china right after that um so i'm sorry i'm just i'm, <laughs> I'm sorry i'm talking a little <laughs> bit trying to get him um but um so when I moved back, he, it was really in a pickle. Like it was almost foreclosure, you know, foreclosure thing. I'm not saying I come in and save the day by any means, but he just needed a family member there to help. Right. An um, extra set of hands and somebody yeah. knew what was going on. Yeah. Somebody so, cared like, about it too. Right. Right. And so when the last time I really turned any wrenches um, was, you know, 99, 2000, and I'm coming back six years later, and that's really that that point in time was so different in automotive, you know, automotive industry was really different because really sure. we were getting getting a bunch of just, you know, 80s models, very little electronics, you know, yep. things like this. And, you know, if it was, they were still under warranty. So it was just like a quick old change for us or something like this brakes, yada, 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 nothing really major. Um, so when. I was trying to get back under the hood at that time. It was just, it, it, I, I, I couldn't keep up. My mind was, you know, still on the, what I learned at app. Um, you know, it started to frustrate me that I didn't pick up any of this stuff from, right. um, from there. So I basically within two months, I just decided, you know, we decided it was better to do like the books for him. Um, you know, try to try to do some scheduling for him, uh, customer service, be a pretty much an Aaron Aaron guy for running around, running parts, getting stuff, making it work. So um, I pretty much left all the turning wrenches and underneath the hood and underneath the rack at about you know in 2000. When I came back, I just I would I would I would change oil, you know. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you know, do tune ups. You almost need a degree now to change oil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, cars have gotten a lot more complicated. Right. Right. That's for sure. Well, let me ask you about cars. So I know you're not a big car guy, but what was your first car? My first car was a Buick Sky. Is it Skylark? Skyhawk? Skyhawk. Oh, Skylark. Oh, I remember. I think it was a Skyhawk, though. But the Skylark, I would get it confused. People get it confused. But it was a Buick Skyhawk. Um, it's oh. one of those two-door joints. And uh, it's ironic you say that I had I had to get a base uh, like a base cannon one of those yeah you know, you know around like 97 96 97 those base cannons you put it in right. the car CD player I had to have that you know everything else as long as it got from point A to point B I was fine didn't matter that's right and uh, the funny thing about it is the eye fell off of the back so everybody called it the buck like in high school. 
It wasn't a Buick, it was the buck. And and <laughs> even even when we went to the high school reunion right before COVID, like some of the people were like, Hey, you still got the buck? I was like, no. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then um we had, you know, uh we when we were in, in high school, we do these little uh the parades, the homecoming parades. And uh I was over at Lori Coble's house, we were putting it all together. And I left the windows down on the old buck, and she had a hundred cats, and those cats went oh, in there no. and peed everywhere, and it was so smelly. So that was brought up at the high school ring, like <laughs> about the buck, you know. That's so funny. It's sick. Cool. So, well, what do you what do you drive now? Seeing how I know the the buck is gone. <laughs> the buck is gone, man. I drive. Um, I drive. I still have an S10 truck um wow. i don't even remember the 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 year of it at this point um it's an old white s10 truck that i drive when i work for my father because i still work for him once a week um so i'm still in the automotive shop once a week around all that i'm still doing the books running stuff um that's that's the only thing that's mine now my wife has got me a a, a, a pilot a honda pilot so that's because I need to carry the, carry the child around. And then she's got a Nissan Rogue, which I really like the Nissan Rogue. I really do. Um, you you got to scare Bill away. He thinks all of those are station wagons. And they are he refuses wagons. to call them. He made a declaration last week of what he's going to call them from now on. I did. I drew a hard line in the sand that I don't use the word crossover anymore. So well, they're just, they're hatchbacks or station wagons. I'm sticking to the old terms. Yeah. So all the the Nissans and the and the Hondas of those are just the Nissans. Yeah, all, all of them. Just all every, of them. all, all, all of crossovers. Because th they're all just very tall station wagons or very oh, yeah. tall hatchbacks. And so yeah, I, it's just I, a market, it's a marketing term. And I'm okay with it. That's what they're using. But I just, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to use it. So yeah. I, I swore it off. It's like people who give up dairy, you know, they just got to tell you about it. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah. Don't, don't get it misunderstood. These are not lit, like we went out and we we're like, this is what we're going to get. Now, these, uh -huh. are, these, these are things like uh, that just fell into our lap and they were they, it made sense money wise because both of them were pretty much transmission jobs at dad's shop that they could they they, they never paid them for. Um so well, that was going to be my next question was what kind of work do you guys see now? Because cars are so much more complicated. And unless you're constantly sending technicians to schooling to learn the newest software, like you're kind of limited on what you can do. Right. Pretty much um, around that time, 2005 and 2007, uh, dad made the decision to focus more on it being called a transmission shop. So gotcha. uh, around the time, that time, there wasn't many options in Ashboro for transmission, overhaul, rebuild, yep. anything like that. Um, so he made a conscious decision to train a couple of the guys, and that's all that they do. Um, and that, that, kind, that, that's, that alone saved that part of it, and it continually kind of saves now. Um, but... It's been really hard since COVID. The things that you yeah. can get, the parts that you can get, the kits that you can get are different. Um, so, you know, we can we can order a kit and it'll be on the rack with the transmission out. It's supposed to be there in a couple of days. And here it is two weeks and that thing's still on, on the rack. 
wearing out the hydraulics, you know, on the rack. And right, they're, right. They're sitting there. Um, and then they finally come, you know, six six weeks later, maybe, you know, we do take the, the lower it down. But, you know, you, every day you're thinking it's going to come. And then it comes and sometimes it's not the right kit. And then, you know, this has all been since COVID. Sure. Um, so they, they he still sends uh, some of the mechanics to school, um, but it's not as much anymore. They really, honest, honest to goodness, they get on YouTube, man. Yeah. 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 They do. I mean, in the, in the past, like, five years, they get on YouTube. Don't push the buttons. Don't, you can sit up here, but don't push the buttons. You know, I, it's amazing how much information is out there, you know, globally as a community of people now we can share content and information so well um and just thinking about i don't know looking for a segue there but i want to talk about your like your art a little bit and kind of your change in in your art and stanley was giving me crap right before we started recording about how like he said how many millionaires here came out of that class at tabernacle and i was like you know we we must have had something in the water or at some point they made us all watch a video together and a bunch of us all got inspired by stuff. But, you know, thinking about it, like me, you and Neil, all three film and photography and, and music and art form like that is all something that we're all passionate about in, in different ways, but we all have a bent towards that. And I think that's really interesting. So I don't know, transitioning from, from music, to video and photography was was that something that you always wanted to do or did you just kind of grow into that um so i'm gonna try to backtrack i think i've left a question unanswered about the music music so um i'm trying to think anybody know no <laughs> um no biggest yeah every once in a while we get you know anna comes in and she just has to give us her opinion about a car we're talking about okay. so well, let, let, we, let's do we that get, that'll, be, that'll be a good breakup so tell them what's your favorite car real quick yes. you got a favorite car how about a favorite dinosaur i know what his favorite car is it's a ram trx yeah it's a ram trx right <laughs> It's the T Rex or the it, Ford it, Raptor. Well, he, I, he likes colors now. It's not uh, okay. It, so he, I bet your favorite car is a yellow car, right? Or is it a different car? Nope. A red <laughs> car. Okay. Red car. There you go. Oh, he doesn't like cars. He likes fire trucks. Gotcha. gotcha. Oh, my grandson. I have a. <laughs> so I'm, I'm aging myself. I have a grandson that's four years old. And he was in the uh, car slash train phase, and I could he could be running around doing something. I'll sit him down on my lap and I'll go to YouTube and I'll put a train video, and it'd be like an hour of just trains passing by, and he would not move. He yeah, just sit he, there. <laughs> he had that phase. We we try to really do old school stuff, so we got a VCR over here, and there's a train VCR tape that he. It's like of. Uh, little model model trains and he just watches it and like he just loves it loves it nice loves it. all yeah. right but let's take a break they're, they're asking me a couple questions so tell them goodbye yeah, right. bye bye <laughs> bye why don't you why yeah don't i'm you? convinced that in randolph county am i saying that right yes randolph county and there is something in the water in randolph county because 
There is a uh, plethora. See that? I say that word. A yeah, plethora yeah. Good, good of, word usage. Of pretty successful people that went to these schools. I mean, you two, yeah. Neil, and the other people that I've met that uh, when I went up there for the wedding, and I keep meeting when I do come up there every now and then. I was like, how are all these people successful? Do y'all like? Is there a quota that's like that y'all flip lock or something? Well, I don't. For me, I'm very convinced that we had a unique class of individuals at a unique time in in life. I mean, the '80s are very good, you know, very solid. Um, and like, if you look back, Bill, like there, the year before you guys, and the year after us was about like there was a core of about four years of kids yep. that were just uniquely cohesive. Yeah, People that's a good along. point. Like people got along. There wasn't a lot of fighting. If it was like it was the brotherly fighting, like uh, Bill was talking about with Neil, there was not a whole lot of animosity towards another person. There wasn't a, um, you know, a clear cut. This is the, this is the goth crowd. This is the, you know, this is the jocks. This is the, this, and this is the, the rednecks and this, they were all there, but it wasn't like, it wasn't super duper segregated. Like I think that's a good point. Yeah. Cause, cause when I thought about it, I mean, our classes only really had like one reunion. And I remember in thinking about it, I was talking to my wife was like, you know, there's probably more people in Tyler's graduating class in 99 or even 2000 that I was friends with just as much as people who graduated with me. So I think that's a really good way to describe that is that we just had this like window. Maybe it was our high school and the demographic of our high school, but, but everybody seemed to get along pretty well. And there wasn't a lot of division um, between classes or between groups of people, you know, I mean, there was always drama because it's high school. There's always going to be drama, but of course, but I mean, He's right. I mean, I, I probably hung out outside of the school with people younger than me or older than me as much as I did people in my grade, um, right. which was good because you, you learned things. You you saw how people lived. Um, you know, it, it helped prepare you for the world maybe a little better, give you some perspective on what what the world around you looks like. And And I really fear with... COVID and all that's happened with remote learning, kids aren't getting some of that nowadays. You know, it's, it's to their detriment that they're not getting to see each other's lives. Right. Because right. we, we got to live in a world where I, Tyler be at my house or I'd be at his house or we'd be at Neil's house and, and we'd go raid each other's pantries. And if we found food, we found food. If we didn't find food, we just went outside and played. you know, just yeah, wasn't any food. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, just learning how other people live. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I know you don't know me. You don't know me. I grew up in Myrtle beach and okay. from talking to Bill and you and a couple other people from up there, it's like, it is so different because, you know, we were the hustle bustle tourist industry. Everything was always in flux. It had this core group of locals that kids came and then, Next year, half of those kids would be gone, and then you get a whole nother group in, and it was never cohesive like y'all describe. I mean, maybe it, maybe about a third, no, about a third of that class would that came from locals. They're still there now, but it was 
it seems like there's a bit of encouragement and and uh, and success that existed up there with y'all that just wasn't where I grew up. Uh, <laughs> everybody yeah, expected us to work thing. in restaurants. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a rare thing, man. Like, and we 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 worked together, even at five six years old. We worked together. There was a lot of uh, you know focus on you know team things. Like we always like kickball was big. We all worked together at kickball. Um, you know, and it wasn't it, the whole time. I never even thought that there was any competitive nature really until right. we got into high school. And even then it wasn't super over the top. It was just like, mm -hmm. you know, the most competitors are who's going to be the center on the basketball team, who's going to be the quarterback. And, you know, there wasn't, there was that high school drama, like Bill said, but it wasn't anything that, uh, that would affect the games or the, affect the people. So I think we were just, it was a unique time with a unique group of people. Um, and, you know, we're still, we, we were small, we're a small city. We still are, Yeah. but it was so close to bigger cities that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure when the money was okay with all our families, once in a while, we would go to Greensboro, you know, that was right. life. That was like, you know, that was life. And we got to see that there was a little bit of extra that there wasn't just Asheboro. That's right. Yeah. That's you know, a good point. That, I, and and I think it's fascinating too that, for the most part, at least the people that I'm staying relatively constant communication with, most of us have stayed somewhat close or local, you know, um, in a world where you can commute 60 miles in a day and not think a thing about it. But you know, Tyler's in Ashboro. I'm still in Ashboro. Neil's in Greensboro. Um, you know, we, I have several other people that we graduated with that I know that still live in town and are very successful. And I always thought when I left for the Marine Corps, I was like, man, I'll never go back to Ashboro, you know, right. but, but the further away I went, the more I was like, yeah, Ashboro is not bad. It's a good town. Wait a minute. Yeah. You didn't go that far. Uh, you're right. I didn't go that far, <laughs> but I mean, I've traveled and visited other places and thought I could probably live here, but I just never had the desire for it. But you get, you got to also understand there's a lot of people. Uh, I'm talking to you, Stanley. There's a lot of people that from Asheville still to this day that have never seen the ocean. That's true. And they have like Greensboro is still the top of it. Like that's that's their vacation. So you got the. Wow. It's not a. It's not saying it's a knocking the mentality, but a lot of people their the word travel to them is so different. You know. Oh, that's and, a good and, point. And uh, and to be far away from somebody is like you know to boom from here, you know, that you know that, that would break up families almost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when you know when you get when you get the college letter, I'm accepted to you know um, ECU or 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 uh, or Western God forbid Carolina. Western Carolina, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, you're, that's too far away, baby. That's too far away. You're not going. You're not going in the mother and father start bickering at each other and you know really it, it, it's it's three three hours is far away you know um yeah that's that a good point is is really hard to shake um but it's it's it, it, it's comforting on some ends but if you really take it like that like people just live and die by myrtle beach really i mean that was like that was paradise for people over here it's like that's what we're gonna do okay that's what we're gonna do. We're going to Myrtle Beach, and that's a, that's that's that's, that's a big trip. Uh, that's the that's Virgin a, Islands to, that, that's to people. Right. And that's right. That's exactly is. right. I mean, two two. I want to say, Bill, probably forty percent of our class still thinks that way. 
I bet you're right. I mean, that's a really good point. Um, Speaking of of travel, Stanley and I have remarked um, in our reflections of yesteryear and 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 really this occupies kind of the same time frame that that I, I want to hear about from you but when we were younger and in the marine corps and, and out of high school and you know in those early 2000s there was a lot of experiences we had where i reflect two two ways on it i'm like one thank god there weren't cell phones with cameras and video recording abilities Absolutely. or I'd be, in, I'd be in prison. That's number <laughs> right. one, but it's a two-sided coin. Cause the other side of the coin, I say, man, I wished I had pictures and video of some of these things we went and did. And and that's just from two guys who built bombs for a living. Like <laughs> we weren't touring with Coolio. Right. And yeah, so yeah. that's like, so, I, I that's heard you make a comment statement. about that. And, and I just want to hear about that. Like, what do you regret during that time of travel? And then what do you look back on and think, yeah, it's probably best we didn't have that. So that's a great segue to answer the question you asked before Tyga came in here. So that's what got me interested in photography and videography is because I had this incredible tour right out of college. I was, I, I was touring Europe um, for almost six weeks, several different countries. It was like Nas was touring at the same time. And I was like the after party for like, they would see Nas at a big coliseum or a big place and then they would go to an after party and I'd do that and I, I started looking back and when I moved home I needed you know a, a portfolio I needed proof you know and there was yeah. almost zero there was actually zero pictures of me on a microphone uh, you know wow. that whole time I was there zero videos of me on stage um and then little very little um it was digital age very little because you can only do like 128 megabytes probably on a card so very Mm -hmm. little photos and it was just hanging out after the club or you know the the cathedrals i would go to or something like that so i was like when i moved home i said i need to fix this i need to figure out how i'm going to fix this and then i started taking cameras everywhere um Mm -hmm. And uh, and then from that point on, I just started taking pictures of anything that I could just to get used to the camera. Right. And then that led me to, you know, take pictures like I, I started taking photos of just abstract things, things that kind of gave me that arts art feeling um, that, that made it feel good. Um, because also, you know, back then, 100 people ain't going to believe where you've been. That you can right. tell them all day. Oh yeah. And if they don't believe exactly. you, then they you tell them, and there's no, you can't describe some of these things. That's exactly so right. That's where the photography got into play. Is is about 2000 when I knew I was going back to China. Moved back in 2006, and then I went back to China in 2008 for a pretty big tour. Um, and I made sure I had my cameras. I had somebody around that had cameras. Yeah. And that was the first part of intriguing me to do um, to do photography. Hand in hand goes with you got you have music and you need music videos. Right. So I started hiring some people to do my music videos for me. And it was like I love movies. We love that was one of the things that connected you and me, Bill, from the gate. Yeah. Movies. I love movies. So I was fascinated by how they how they made me look for my my songs. 
And like every time I was like, I was absorbing everything that they were doing. I was like, I was looking at them. It didn't, I didn't even care about the music video at that point. Right. I, just, I just, I just watched the process to see how do you do this and how, what it looks like in the end, what kind of equipment you're using, what kind of things that you're doing. And uh, it wasn't really until I moved back home in 2016, I was like, I'm going to start making all this stuff myself. Yeah. Um, so it was actually for a honeymoon. I got a, a newer camera and I was like, we're going to take all this footage. Of, you know, I'm going to start learning how to film. And it's like the most embarrassing film work ever. Cause I didn't know anything. <laughs> about, I was like, I had no idea what the autofocus was. So like you're sitting here and we're, we're in Hawaii and we're, I'm trying to film with this can and all you hear. Like this focus and trying to focus on these people doing these incredible dances and all these, this cool stuff. And like, I'm like, Oh man, I'm you know, I should have learned a little bit more, but ever since then, like it's been really hard to put, a filming camera down sure um, and uh that's kind of how it wasn't really like leaving stuff behind it was or transcending into something else it was like i just picked up another another piece of art another right. aspect of art and i really explained it well in the in one of the interviews for the on 10 exhibit i was like you know it usually takes me i, I live in t increments of 10 years at a time so it usually takes me about five years to really know if I'm going to be good at this craft. Right. If I, if I am, then I'm going to take that five years of learning, then go really hard at that, that craft for another five years, but I don't have to learn that craft anymore. So I'm going to pick up something else that I use that time from learning sure. to pick up something else. So that's when I, when I, when I felt like I was pretty good at photography, I was like, this is the time to do videography. And then when I felt like I was really good at videography, I was like, now I'm going to do fashion design. And that, that just came out of left field because our canvases weren't selling at the, at the exhibits. I mean, it's even now the, the exhibits and the galleries we would put stuff in. I mean, people want to look at it. It's this beautiful look at, but they weren't putting their money down. So I was like, I'm yeah. going to put these pictures on something that people want. So we put them on leggings and, and skirts and tank tops in 2016 for a Christmas show. And it was photos of uh, the catacombs in Paris. Some of the, things in, in the Louvre in Paris, some things in the Netherlands, and it sold out like quick. And we were like, oh, okay. So me and my Is wife, like, we're, yeah, we're going to focus all our time and energy on this. And we did. And uh, then I got a really cool opportunity to teach again. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to push everything to the side. I'm going to be this high school teacher um, for a charter school oh, that just, just had opened up. And uh, so that kind of, that put that part on pause for a little bit um and then that's when i really what i had already had a short film ready to release and i released that the year i started teaching and uh you know so that's kind of the transition and how it went from this to that um but i always since, since my first show that i always say i was a, a dj um for a fraternity i rushed a fraternity and it lasted all of a week <laughs> it lasted <laughs> i would rather have been i would rather have made the choice to be in the military where like the discipline actually went to something you know of substance right. <laughs> instead of here go get this 40 ounce for me in the snow of in the dead of winter in boone right you know, and walk over two miles to get it 
that was the that was my final straw. I was like, you know, oh man, you know, I, I gave him this, <laughs> I gave him this. I was like, you know, y'all, yeah, I'm out. And uh, but they still hired me to be a DJ. So I was playing all these cool songs, and my roommate knew that I was trying to rap. And I would uh, to close out the night. I would have you know just the instrumentals from. You know, Cameron was big at the time, you know, Puff Daddy Mace and all those were big at the time. So I had the instrumentals and I had a microphone one night. I was like, I'm just going to do my stuff. And I did it. Everybody loved it. It was Boone. It wasn't Asheboro. You know, it had a right, little bit more right. culture, culture there. And uh, that was my first show. And ever since, you know, I've been really focusing on on show life. And still, you know, you can coin the term successful. You know, that's 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 subjective. You know, that term is very subjective. Sure. And uh, so, you know, I still haven't made a whole lot of money from any, any of this, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, any of this, but um, it's a learning process. And thank you, buddy. That was nice. That led yeah. with success. That yeah. That's success was, right there, yeah, man. Exa exactly. Exactly. I'm, you know, I'm above ground. I've got an incredible body of work behind me that I stand by. Um, we're having another one August 16th. We're going to have my wife will be induced and uh, have a C-section. And, you know, that's that's success for me. You know, we're you know, we, we we went into a lot of debt traveling and stuff like that. I mean, we had a we, we took a lot of L's in China. I mean, I could go and that's right. a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, success. We still haven't made a whole lot of money on this, but I still keep churning it out. And, uh, you know, with the support of a lot of people, you know, when, when I know I've got a big show going on, I usually, you know, invite sponsors or donors and things like that. And it's incredible how many people come along and they'll, they'll throw in a couple like a $20 bill or a $100 bill. And it becomes something that you can you can showcase, you know, you can showcase right. more of your work that way. Um, but these these shows, uh, you know, performing is it, it's, it's not as lucrative as it should be honestly and I, I i fought that to the 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 local and well pretty much the local um scene the local uh venue scene they they i've, I've been around over 20 years doing these shows and it's very rare that they treat you well even if you're the best musician that there is unless it's a coliseum then they really try to cater to you but you know, if you're if you're an opener or you're not the headliner, it's very rare that they treat you well. Um, you know, I've been in some instances where you know I I know I'm bringing a hundred people in this place, and then they still charge you three dollars for water or ten dollars for beer. Right. Um, and it, it, that's it, it, where where do you cut that off? And it, it took me a long time to find out where to cut that off. Um, and by that point, you're already so, you know, deep in the hole that you got to <laughs> you got to figure out what what how to compensate for that. And that's where like the the business side of me had to I had to figure out what to do, you know, and I talked to Neil about this, not on the po his podcast, but just talking to him personally. So I'll bring it up. It's like, um, you know, you're doing a show and I always have my camera now. I have my camera there ready. If another yeah. artist wants to film then, hey, give me 30 bucks, give me 40 bucks. I'll film your set. I'll take some pictures of it. It's ready. You know, it's ready. Just there you the go. Other, yeah. other supplemental ways to make it happen. Have your T-shirts, your CDs out. People still really like CDs now. We found out people like vinyl. Um, yeah. You know, and just that those are the ways that you can, that I wish I was smarter 
beforehand. And, you, you know, you talk about regrets, so you're asking about regrets. And those are definitely things that I regret um, doing, especially when I was overseas, because I was still learning, you know, I, I was learning in that tour, you know, what kind of visas I had to have, what I could do, what I could sell, what I couldn't sell. Sure. You know, in the core of it, it was still a communist country. And, you know, I kind of shrugged that off for a long time until it bit us, bit us hard. Um, but, you know, I was thinking that that things I could do or things I couldn't do. And I was assuming the wrong things. And I was just getting in it, you know, just getting my money for the, the flights and getting my money for the shows and, you know, getting paid good, having a good, good time. And then you, I come home and I'm like, you know, still just a little bit for, for rent that month, you know? Right. Right. Um, and it's, um, it'll beat you up, man. I've seen, I've seen people, I've seen people, I've seen people take their own lives from this. I've seen people, um, you know, quit really early. Um, and I've seen people become, you know, the next big thing we've had music, our music placed on s several different shows. Uh, Breaking Bad was one of the shows and, you know, we're st still not lit, you know, we're still not making a living off any of this. You got to have something else and you got to have another thing and then you got to right. dump in all this money. And then here comes different ways to market yourself. Here comes Facebook. You got to, you know, promote on Facebook a different way. Um, so well, it's that's just the challenge, isn't it? Is in the world we live in today, marketing yourself as a brand is such a huge part of whether or not you'll be successful. You know, right. it, I mean, even us talking about our podcast is, you know, we we have some listeners. We don't have a bunch of listeners. And the really the only way to get to a bunch of listeners is if you're willing to sink a bunch of time, money and effort into promoting yourself and mm -hmm. branding yourself a certain way to get who you are out there that the like found overnight success story isn't true. It's a falsehood right. of, yeah. you know, it, it's something that was made up 60 years ago and, and people will just still think it's a thing, but it's not, you've got to work mm -hmm. really hard. And like you said, you know, to your point, if you had, if you had a camera, if you had good video equipment and a person shooting video of you in 2003, that process could have started 10 years earlier than it did but we didn't know. We just we come from a generation where we're having to adapt to technology as it happens, and so yeah, it's it's been a lot different becoming digital um, versus just being born into it. Yeah, you're you're 100 right with that, man. Um, it it it, yeah. and then the MySpace comes along, and you know that changes everything too. That really yeah. changes a lot. Uh, First of all, I'm gonna let you know something. You just said MySpace, which aged you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. <laughs> 41, ladies and gentlemen. We we, we that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so so let me ask you a, let me ask you a car question. If you yeah. had to choose an old car or a brand new car, what would you prefer to have? Man, okay, so uh, an old car, just a, you know an older car, um, big block motor, you know something like that. Uh, now. You know, that's that's because here in the last six months, um, Carolina Classic Cars has hired me to take photos of all the man. Stuff I, I want to go so bad and yeah. I'm making myself not go there. Yeah, um, I've been I was there uh, every Friday for a long like for months. 
and now they don't have much new stuff to, to take pictures of. Right. Um, but man, they had this Roadrunner in there. I think it was a 69, man. It was, everything was still on it. It had the little, you know, the Roadrunner um, the car horn where it was. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm had, I'll send you the pictures, uh, the link of the pictures of it. And it was just beautiful. So like, I, I see those more than I do anything else right now. So that's what's on my mind. Um, but, you know, I like, you know, I like some of the newer stuff, but it just, you know, I look at stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to mess it yeah. up somehow. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, something's going to happen to this man. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just, you know, uh, it, it takes the joy out of trying to wanting to have it really. But at this point in my life, an older car, that 69 Roadrunner would be perfect if, you know, I could take my pops and drive around. That would oh, yeah. be a, a bucket list thing. Um, so yeah. yeah, you need to go down there. I think tomorrow they're having um, like a, a appreciation day where there'll be just people around. They're really cool down there where they don't, you know, expect you to go out there buying something. They're nice. They drive, you know, they, they take you around. The owner used to, uh, she was born in Randleman and uh, they, I mean, they make bank, man. They live yeah. in Lake Norman and uh, wow. they, they okay. come up here uh from thursday on to to sunday they go back to lake norman but that'll be somebody y'all okay. really need, need to get on the podcast i bet yeah, she would I'm love to, go. to talk to y'all i must go yeah, check ben, it out go. So i'll, go, I I'll do some recon yeah do i got some, a question for you yeah i apologize you just so bill and i've been having bill and i've been having this debate bill has a love and hate relationship for evs okay would you own an ev yeah which one? I would. I, would. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. See, that's what, while I was in China, that's really what it was going towards. You know, um, I don't know which one. I don't know which one, man. I mean, the default answer for everybody is Tesla. But yeah. uh, uh, the, the, the Maki, we don't call it the other M word. The Maki okay. is very popular right here. I know somebody who has one. I think Bill knows someone who has one. And um, so, Bill was all in on getting a Bronco at one point, and then he was all in on getting a Rivian, and okay. then he then he was all, all in on getting a Land Rover, and then all the EVs sucked. And then we went back to EVs, which is why I asked you that question. Yeah, because yeah. it's our own. It's we're gonna keep talking about this. I think we're gonna talk about EVs next week or the week after next, and he's gonna hate on EVs again. And so <laughs> I really like it's that. True. I like the bikes that they had in China, like bikes. Oh, electric like, bikes. That's different. Yeah, that, you know, not not the cars. I guess you could still oh, call go ahead, it go ahead, go ahead. EV, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but we had a really, like a really low line EV bike, you know, and, and it was fun. And I would see all these other things, all these other bikes that would come out there. And I mean, they would do the same thing that, you know, your, your, your um, Suzuki's would do. And uh, I mean, go that fast and all that. I mean, that's 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 an interesting to me that they can do that. But I think I think Bill, did you put this up on your page about like showing that um, that even though it's electric, it still burns fossil fuels? Was that your page? Oh yeah, we got yeah, a two hour yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. We had a big old our our what two episodes ago was was all about EVs and and so yeah, I shared I shared some of that stuff on on Facebook on our yeah. on our podcast page and. Um, you know, 
I think uh, my love hate relationship with EVs is I, I'm a technology guy as much as I like old cars. New technology intrigues me, and I like to learn about it. Um, and and I'm always fascinated by it. But there's a point where like if you're rushing into something for the sake of just we think it's a really good idea, so we're gonna just pour it. I mean, that's what humanity's good at doing, right? As we say, this is it, this is the next great thing. And you you have a, an outlier group of people who say, but why is it a good thing? And is it as good as we think it is? But we don't take time to really stop and and process all that usually. And and that's really my struggle is because I want to be on the ooh, EVs are cool and they they're powerful and they you know, they look nice and they do a thing and they do it really well. Um, and they accelerate like a lunatic and, you know, that's cool, but, um, is it the best option? I don't know. And so I kind of go back and forth about yeah. like, what's the education curve. And, and when I think about my daughter and I want to think about the legacy of what earth is left behind after me is part of me wants to say like, maybe I shouldn't just rush into everything blindly and maybe I should think about it more and Absolutely. decide if it's really the best technology. And so that's kind of where I go back and forth on it. I just do it in that, a curmudgeon way on the podcast crotchety, and, and divide all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Crotchety way. And I'm kind of the same way. Uh, EVs are all cool and everything, just like Bill just said. I don't think uh, ICE uh, vehicles are dead. Internal combustion engine, I don't know if you're right. familiar with that. But... Uh, I mean, I don't think we've even kind of scratched the surface on what we can actually do with internal combustion combustion engines because there was no incentive to in the past, really. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so hopefully this kicks that. this this uh you know with some companies out there that's like now nah, we're not going to get rid of all of our gas burning engines. We're just going to make them better and show you that you know this technology isn't dead. And right. like Bill said, hey. I think the real answer is a a mixture of all this stuff. Not all EV, not all diesel burning F two fifties. That was a hit at you. You didn't even look at me. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. It's an F one fifty, by the way. It's F one fifty. But you know, a mix of all these things. You know, we we can figure this thing out. Sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a also a good point too. That it make it would make the uh, they're more innovative um, to try to compete, you know. So, yep. yeah. what, what yeah. about smart cars, y'all? I mean, what y'all think about that? <laughs> oh, oh, did y'all talk about this before? I actually, no, we didn't. No, not at all. No, not we all. didn't. No. I love the smart car, and I'm, I'm convinced yeah. they're awesome. Stanley thinks I'm an idiot for liking I, them. I, I'm right there with him. I don't, I, I don't know, man. There's something oh, in the water oh. up there. My my wife my wife you know my wife's from here and she she can't stand them she's like no no like That's I a said woman yeah so, <laughs> so um, we we early early on in the show we did an episode about about sports cars and I put it in my I, list of sports cars just didn't tell Stanley till we got to it and I was like and here's a car that's rear wheel drive mid engine. Um, two seats, two doors, manual transmission, sports car, and I think Stanley had an aneurysm. And and I've I did. I did. <laughs> so I keep finding ways to sneak smart cars into different things. 
We did not plan this at all. Like I really, like I really wanted one. Like I, I thought I could like, oh even, my gosh. like, like I could put it on my carry-on luggage yeah. and stuff. <laughs> No, like I really, oh, I still want like, one. I still I, want one. <laughs> I, I do too. I, I, I also want a Mitsubishi 3000 GT, like that. You know, VR four. Yeah, that would be like a my my dream joint. So yeah, um, I seen one here in town uh, like two days ago. Did you? Like no, no kidding. It was. I don't think it was a VR four. It sounded pretty clapped out, but it was a 3000 GT. It was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, so, I remember. I remember right after getting the buck and like like the next car. What's the next car going to be? I would look through the classifieds and try to find the three thousand GT. And I remember at that point they were like used five thousand dollars. And I was like, I, like I could have actually came up with that and just left it in the you know left it somewhere. Right. But, you know now I don't even know that it's they got to be kind of outrageous. They they oh, bring pretty good money. They bring pretty good yeah. money. Um, all right, we'll end, we'll end, we'll wrap this thing up on two things. One, we, I didn't do my bring a trailer pick for the week. So I'm going to do that right quick. Um, and, and I kind of picked this one because I thought that it would, um, bring back all the good feels from back in the day. I'm going to do a quick screen share here and show you, this is my pick for this week. It is, there it is. Can you guys see that? Okay. That is a 1990 nissan pathfinder se v6 four by four and it's that's like dude if i'd have had that in high school i'd have been a pretty happy guy like that was a cool 90s vehicle it's a truck chassis it's not a crossover look at those wheels nothing says late 80s early 90s like three spoke so first of all this week first of all that's sweet second of all as a former (laughs) hip-hop head in bill a current hip hop head in Thai, and I'm still in the pool somewhere. It has to be Cherry, like Buster Rhymes said, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it gotta oh, be Cherry. There you go. That's good. I remember um, Brandy Fraser had one of those, but it was black. She, um, she and- actually had a first gen forerunner. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm co- glad you remember that. Okay, I, All right. co- I coveted her first gen okay. forerunner. And one time, you know, her and Lucas dated very briefly. Right. And uh, before she started dating um, John, who they're still married, still together. Yep, yep. Um, but um, but her and Lucas dated briefly. So that was my chance to get to hang out with her a little bit. And we went to High Point um, all together. I think it was me and Jeremy Whitley and Lucas and, and uh, Brandy. And we all rode in her first gen. And I, like... Every 30 seconds was like, is it my turn to drive yet? Is it my turn to drive yet? She never let me drive that thing. I I wanted that thing. But yeah, you're right. It was black. It was gorgeous. First gen forerunner. See, that's me being ignorant, not knowing exactly what it was, but she would drive around Pinewood. It'd be be blasting some kind of Buster Rhymes tape or something. Uh But fun times, fun times. Man, good times. So so I know. Yeah, that's right. Should be outcast. Um, well, we've played a lot of that too. <laughs> that's right. I know. We, I know. I did. Um, so we can hear your music pretty much everywhere. I know you're getting yeah. ready to have a kid. Um, Congrats! Where, on that. where can we? Where can we catch you at next? What's What's next for um, Tom Next August 11th, I'll be at Lumina um, uh, Wine and Beer. It'll be another one of those month long exhibits. I've got. It's called uh, um, Eastern Enchantment. 
and I'm filling their walls up with photos from my five years in China. Um, so we got a bunch of stuff for that. I will more than likely um, do a couple of spoken word pieces like I did at the Arts Guild. And um, that will be it before the baby comes. And then after that, we will be doing the, the fall festival it will be my next performance um, October 1st um, here in Asheboro. And they, as you know, that's pretty big for people around here. Um, they love the fall festival. They love to go out for that. And as long as the baby is good and safe, um, I'll be a guest spot at the, at the Greensboro Pride Festival. Nice. Awesome, awesome man. Yeah, Congrats yeah. on the baby, man. I know God is going to keep you all in his hands and uh, make sure that little guy, guy or girl, because I don't think, I don't know if he said. We won't know until get the here day safe. We won't know until the day we're going old school. There you go. The only thing I'll tell you about that is you should hold off to the 22nd because that's my grandson's birthday. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 the due date was September 2nd. Um, and my wife tried to go into labor at 29 weeks Oof. and it shook some things up and uh, scared us. We thought we we're going to be in NICU for months, you know. Um, and thankfully, uh, they pumped her full of magnesia. Um, and got her kind of, you know, settled for three nights. We were in the hospital and uh, then she's been listening to the doctors. She works on the maternity ward anyway as a nurse. So she kind of knows what to do and what not to do. And uh, so we're we're pumping it up as, you know, it may be there before the 16th. Who knows? But uh, but yeah, hopefully, like you said, in God's hands and we'll figure, you know, we'll figure out for the best. And, you know, we, we have no control in, in that matter. You know, we just can. To, you know, do what we do and and be good people. Well, thanks for being on the show. Go I'm ahead, sorry. Go ahead. I never did say about where to get the music. I got wrapped up in the dates. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah, much all you got to do is just Google Thai Brew, and it'll come up. You know, it'll come yeah. up like all those things: Apple Music, Spotify, things like that. Thai Brew, and um, we will be coming out with a new video that we shot at the Arts Guild. Um, probably on the 11th and then one following that to stay pretty busy. And I appreciate y'all so much for what y'all do. And yeah. uh, I, I congratulate y'all for t almost two years and or over two years and um, your third season. And I will be catching up with where I can with you guys. Um, and I promise yeah, it's, it's a learn. big, it's a big time commitment, man. We, we ain't going to ask you to listen to it all. Cause this, <laughs> we, our episodes are not short. That's usually yeah. our only criticism yeah. from people is do shorter yeah. episodes. Yeah. It's like, that's, you can just stop yeah. conversations. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be hard, but um, I'll definitely let me know when it's done and I'll, you know, I'll push it out there too to my people. And okay. after, um, after the next release or something, we'll, we'll come back and do another one. That sounds cool. good, man. That sounds good. All right, good man. meeting you, brother. You too, my friend. You too, my friend. Love you, Bill. Take care of yourself. Hey, we love you too, man. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show. Yes, sir. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>